Welcome to the General Salutes. My name is Greg Lee, and I'm a Chinese Canadian living in Hong Kong for the past nine years. I've been an international teacher for the last 13 years, and my whole teaching career I've taught for about 20 years. I taught in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, Dubai, UAE, and now in Hong Kong, China. I teach business studies and economics. I decided to create a podcast for many reasons. First, I'm not a traditionally creative person, and I wanted to try something new to expand my creativity. I listen to many podcasts, mainly in sports, but I thoroughly enjoy listening to them. I feel that I could create a podcast that could offer unique perspectives on many different topics, but also would add humor to the mix. I do consider myself I do consider myself a funny person, and really the kind of final push. That actually made me create my own podcast happened two days ago. My friend and former colleague David Tucci started his own podcast, and the first thing I thought was, "Well, if he could do it, then anyone can do it." No offense, Dave, but he also talked how easy it was using Anchor FM to create your own podcast. So I checked out the app on your phone and the website, and it is really actually quite easy to create your own podcast. And I recommend anyone who wants to start one to use it. It's、uh, instantly. I mean, you can edit your podcast. Has music. It instantly、uh, connects you to、uh, Spotify to help you publicize it. Even raise money. So use Anchor FM. Today, my first podcast. I'm inviting four of my colleagues that teach or have taught with me in Hong Kong. We have first Dr. Tim Wu, who is a counselor that specializes in young adults' well-being. Neil Anderson is my teaching partner,、uh, helping me teach in economics. Anthony Jackson is a middle and high school English teacher, and he has also recently returned to Nova Scotia to、uh, live the Canadian dream. Neil, Tim, and I are also from Canada, from the Greater Toronto area. So I invited these guys here today because they are my good mates, and we often have very interesting, informative, and funny conversations about random things. And I thought maybe we should tape and see how that sounds. I hope this podcast will reflect that. Our first episode ever into it's August first, two thousand and twenty, and I have three of my really good mates with me, and we're going to talk about a lot of different subjects and topics here, and we try to sort of like to see how we're doing during this pandemic.、Uh, first, Tim Wu,、um, pretty smart guy, and this actually Doctor Wu.、Um, <laughs> you have to call him Doctor Wu or Well Being. It'd be best if you did, Anthony.、Okay. I won't <laughs> call him from Nova Scotia, Media Canada, and he is、uh, specializing in.、Uh, I don't know what he's specializing now, but he used to specialize in middle school and high school English. And we have Neil Anderson again,、uh, my teaching partner and teaching economics to high school students. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the to the general salute. Yeah,、oh, thanks, thanks for, for having us. All right, thanks for having us.、Uh, just so that you can、uh, give some context and some, you know, idea of who you are to my many many listeners,、uh, can, you, can you please introduce yourself? <laughs> Tell us something about yourself, and not how you may be or something you would like to share and contribute.、Oh, 
We're oh, laughing because he said many <laughs> listeners, right? Yeah, <laughs> basically we're gonna be listening to ourselves, but that's cool. We got one. I want to be. I, I for one want to have a make make a shout out to all the listeners out there. Um, Greg, what are your parents' names again? Archie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's be real. Well, They're not going to listen to this either. No, no one's going to listen to it. But uh, we got Flora, Flora Sam here, my wife, uh, beside me, and she's doing technical support. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> and listening to the podcast. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> lucky lady. We know each other. What, what, you know, give me something that people should know about you for this podcast. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, so, hey, everybody. My name's Tim. Uh, to Anthony, it's Dr. Wu. Never forget. Um, I guess uh, what I do on a full time basis is I'm a counselor. I, I love learning about people's lives and trying to figure out how I can support them in a, in a meaningful way. Um, unlike the rest of these guys on this. <laughs> podcast but whatever um but you know i think that one of the cool things that uh, being asked to be on here i really value the friendships that uh, i have with the rest of these guys here um i think that um having met together um in a in a common place and 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 getting to know i guess uh, them at um at their pace and, and them inviting me into their lives um, i really appreciate that and I, i've learned a lot from them and so i'm excited to be a part of this to kind of see where this kind of goes um hopefully you all Greg, learn a can you text me when us. tim's done <laughs> uh i'm done now. Uh, okay, go for you, it neil, Tell us about you. <laughs> go for neil. Uh, my name's uh, neil anderson i'm the uh the head of economics at the canadian school of hong kong um and that's really I need the only thing I need everyone to know about me at this point. All right. And all the way from joining us from Nova Scotia, Anthony Jackson. Hello. I'd like to say thanks for having me, but I'm not really thankful because I've put up with Tim Wu. But anyway, Anthony Jackson, international teacher, aspiring media personality. Um, that's pretty much it, general. Are you allowed to say international teacher? He wa- he's an internet. Are you allowed to speak when I'm speaking? The disrespect is unreal. So what's going to happen here is uh, basically, ladies and gentlemen, uh, guys, I just wanted to get together and have this conversation. I did it for two reasons. A, um, I wanted to inspire one of my friends on this podcast to really get his button gear to get his podcast going and uh, seeing, you know, tell him how easy this thing is really to do. Number one. Is there an eye that I can hit right now? <laughs> and number two, um, I, you know, I just had a buddy uh, from Canada I used to work with um, a long time ago, and he started his own podcast. I'm like, well, if this guy can start a podcast, anybody can start a podcast. And he used basically this Anchor FM uh, to do it, and it's actually a really, really easy tool to use. And so I'm, I just started it, and um, wow, I'm, so I'm trying it out and trying to expand my little creativity here. So um, basically that's how we're starting, why we're starting, and um, – I don't know. Let's 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 get into something and talk about it. First, uh, what I'd like to talk about is Anthony yourself. So you moved back from Hong Kong, living here for three years. Four, four years. years, excuse me. Four years you're living in Hong Kong. Yeah. Moving back to Nova Scotia, maybe a career change. Talk to me about moving back to Nova Scotia in Canada after all these years. I'm sorry. Oh, before that, so previously been- in Beijing, previously in Germany. Etc. Mm-hmm. So this is a long time. How long you haven't lived in Canada for? 
eight years. Eight years. Okay. Eight years. Yeah. So, yeah. So it wasn't ever a plan to be internationally, inter- teaching internationally. Kind of just happened. And based on the necessity of trying to pay off my student loans, since there were no jobs in Nova Scotia at the time, um, so I thought if I can just do one year in Beijing and pay off some of my loan, I'd be proud of myself. It'd be a huge accomplishment. But I had no idea that that would lead into um, a career teaching internationally and meeting many people, traveling, thankfully paying off my student loan, and now by chance being back in Nova Scotia. So I've only been back for about a month now, and uh, it's been quite an adjustment from living in a city of 7.5 million people and lots to do and lots to see all the time to slower, slower pace of life that doesn't have as much spontaneity. Um, but it's been good. Quarantine. Yes. And I did, I, yes, I did two, two weeks of quarantine, which was a bit brutal, but time for myself, which is great because now I have an appreciation for many things that I took for granted to Nova Scotia, whether it's the friendly people, um, the clean air, nature, um, the slower pace of life, which can actually be a good thing. And I didn't realize, I don't think the gravity of how much the fast pace in Hong Kong was overwhelming for me at times. So it's been good because now I have time to actually take a step back and think about what do I like about teaching or education in general? Am I going to do something else in the field of education or pursue my other love, which is um, television and media? So currently working on that. And um, it's a process, especially with the pandemic underway with things being closed and taking a long time to contact people and hear back and processing documents. But I think that... um, I've made the right choice by stepping away, whether or not it's for a year or forever, don't know, but a good choice nonetheless. I'm happy to be home. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so like, how, how's it feel there with the, the pandemic and, and, and just sort of like compared to, you know, Nova Scotia usually and what you're experiencing right now? Good question. So I came home in February um, when the pandemic was first a big thing in Asia, not anywhere else in the world. And uh, I was taking it very seriously and trying to get my family to take it seriously in the event that it became a big deal. So they started to prepare. Um, Then having gone back to Hong Kong for the rest of the school year, I realized, oh my gosh, this is quite a big deal and recognizing the precautions that were being taken. I still at the time was frustrated by Nova Scotia because based on what I was hearing from my friends and family back here, people still weren't taking the necessary precautions, whether it was social distancing or, you know, adhering to government policies, so on and so forth. Now, I feel people are taking it much more seriously. The government just enacted um, a bylaw yesterday so that it's mandatory for everyone to wear masks in public spaces. I do think it's a little bit late, but it's still better late than never. It's interesting to hear people in the community complaining about it and how it's, you know, taking away their rights and freedoms and that the government's trying to control them. Um, Whereas I'm familiar with being an Asian. Right. Whereas people in Asia would wear them even if they have a common cold. So I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. I think people are starting to adjust, but I just think it's a little long overdue. But that's just my so, perspective. Uh, are you going to be like calling people out? You know, not wearing masks? Are you going to be that guy? Well, so like an aggressive the government stare, maybe. Said, <laughs> well, so aggress- you're right, Neil. An aggressive stare is the thing or, you know, my infamous eye rolls um, because <laughs> the government lash. has said that they're not, that's right. They're not going to, um, you know, penalize people, find them or anything like that if they're not wearing masks. So it's very difficult because people can just say, I'm not going to wear one. But of course, too, people are mask streaming, whether it's through 
you know, license plates or, you know, if you have kids and you're not getting them to wear masks. So it really varies. I've noticed over the past week, though, since it's become, you know, more of a you must do it despite the lack of penalty, more people are taking it seriously, so, which is great because if we're only in the first wave, you know, we have a long way to go. Right. So are you like, you're going to break out your phone and start filming people when they, hey, you don't have a mask on, man. I'm just going to do this so that I can put on social media or something. So I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think that that's the way to get people to to do that. I I think that there are other ways. There are actually snitch lines here, people to call in when people aren't doing something they should be, whether it's through quarantining or people that are reporting businesses that aren't adhering to the policy. Mm. I'd be more likely to do that um, than to actually, you know, video, video record somebody because I wouldn't want them doing that for me on a given day, despite how, you know, much of a talent I am. Well, that's what, what, what I mean. Right? You want to get okay. Sharp left turn right there. AJ, what, what do you think is more? What do you think is more effective, AJ? Is it like the government enforcement and the snitch lines, or just like social shaming, uh, like all the citizens just like kind of hating on you? Would would one be more effective than the other in uh, Nova Scotia? Um, I think that it, the problem is a lack of understanding about the mass. So I think there should be more education about them in the first place and other precautions, why we're doing it and letting people understand, you know, okay, yes, there are zero active cases in Nova Scotia at the moment. That's fantastic. But that's not always, most likely not always going to be the case. So informing people about how bad it can get, why are we taking these precautions and then putting those things into place? And maybe yes, if need be having a penalty for that. I'm happy to see that places like even our, our mall here, the largest mall, um, has security at all entrances, so you can't even get into the mall without wearing a mask. So mm-hmm. even though some of the businesses inside the, the mall would say you don't need to wear a mask if you don't want to, the mall itself. So I'd like to see more companies being proactive and saying, no, you know, you can't come in. It's something very simple. So. It, it- I think have you gotten any crap for doing something like that, though? Like, have you gotten any crap for wearing a mask or if you were mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, man, don't you believe in your freedoms or anything like that? No, but I got in my car the other day. Um, I was visiting a friend and I people or these ladies were walking by power walking by and they were complaining about masks. And I'm not going to wear a mask. And this is just the government. You know, they're, they're wishy washy on what the mandate will be. And then who's going to determine what type of masks are safe and it's too hot to be wearing a mask. But meanwhile, I was approaching him with a mask on. So then, of course, I did my eye roll and then got into my car. But um, <laughs> earlier in the week, when I was, I, I'm consistent, at least. So could- earlier when I, was, when I was at the gym, I had my mask on, but very few people did. But then I literally just got back from the gym today. And it's the second day that masks are mandatory. And I would say 95% of people at the gym had masks on. So... Oh, no. Canadians, so <laughs> compliant. It, did yeah. not expect anything less. Yeah, well, I did. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I've seen some oh. social media stuff with people in Toronto, and they're just like getting irate at, at people, at, uh, you know, the greeters at the at the door saying, no, I'm not wearing the mask. I don't care. And, and they're going bananas. Yeah, but do, you feel like that, do you feel like that's the majority? Yeah, exactly. Of- that's a good point. It's probably just like one video. <sighs> I don't know. Right. I, yeah, exactly. Of- I, I've seen a couple of videos and uh, you know, it was like, I, I seen the video in Miss Saga, a white guy walking into a Chinese grocery store and he's, and he's, he's <laughs> blasting the Chinese people. Serious. He's blasting them. And it's like, well, it was that video from TNT. Yeah, see, that's, too, that's right? the one I'm talking about. about. TNT. TNT. Uh, it's crazy. Like yeah. what the heck? And this guy's 
tell them how it is. Oh my god, and, and yelling at people saying that they weren't born in, in, in Canada. Oh my god. Well, you know those Chinese grandpas that work at TNT did us proud. Yeah. No violence. Those people are so no, crazy. Nothing, nothing I'm surprised there. people like still do that. I've seen a lot both in Canada and in the U.S. about like the go home to your own your own country stuff. Yeah. Like I feel like that was like really common. Oh like gosh. from what I can tell, like in the 50s and 60s, like really real racism. Yeah. And I still like, yeah, I can't believe people still make that argument. Like go back to your home country. Like, do people do they honestly? Well, he... What do you think? Do they honestly believe it? Or are they just trying to simply be hurtful? I, I think it's honestly just the only insult or quote-unquote insult yeah. they can think of. There's nothing better to say. Oh, see, I, I, I disagree. I think it's also actual ignorance. Like they actually... I think uh, people really do... Yeah. Like what they don't I think, think people, there's any Asian people, people do believe that. in Canada? Or what, well, what I think... It? Yeah, but... Yeah, I, I do. I do think that people think that way. If you live in a smaller community or you're not familiar with a certain, you know, group of the population, and you weren't educated, I, it, you know, about those issues, you know, and, my, and myself, I can definitely see that my mindset has changed on things about race, religion, whatever, having traveled now. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say these people are, you know, being just nasty or that they believe that that's fundamentally who they are. I just think that they just have a lack of, a lot of them have a lack of understanding. And, okay, uh, and fear. Uh, okay, and fear. that's true, I but think, it's like not like we I have like internet you. and news. Like, fine, small towns are small towns, and people don't travel much. But could you not kind of put a little bit back on them and be like, "Listen, you know, you open a computer once in a while." So okay, so I've had a, an experience where I've had friends' parents come into town, into Hong Kong, and they're from, I want to say Missouri. I can't really remember. Um, but uh, the parents came in and they're probably like 50s, maybe, maybe early, early 60s. Um, and when I first met them, they introduced themselves to me and I was like, oh, hi, my name's Tim. And they're like, oh, my gosh, your English is so good. <laughs> and, I said, oh, and I said, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, my, I am born and raised in Canada and I moved here like, you know, a number of years ago. And they're like, no, no, no. But like, you wouldn't even be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all I could respond with was. Uh, thanks. I uh, practice. Yeah, I gotta say, Tim, your your English is pretty good, Tim. I gotta say though, <laughs> I appreciate. That. Also, being a first language, I should hope. So, it is for because I would die otherwise. For our listeners, uh, I'm a I'm a Chinese Canadian. I think Tim is also a Chinese Canadian. Um, uh, Anthony, being a I don't know how would you put it, a black Canadian? African Canadian is the correct Sorry. word. <laughs> African Canadian. African Canadian is the correct. You, I asked you before, and you said you didn't know where you were from, so I don't know if it was from Africa. I probably just wanted to shut you down. <laughs> and uh, you know, representing the majority of Canada, uh, Neil Anderson, of course. I, I, I've got a kilt. Let's just say that <laughs> I'm my own kilt. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. To answer your question, Neil, I. I I think it's both in Canada. I really do feel that there's that, you know, like you said, small communities. But in Toronto, I was very surprised that someone would say that. Um, I mean, when I was growing up, definitely, that was definitely the case, that that kind of racism. And then later on, teaching in international school, not international sorry, teaching in a Catholic school, but with all different types of religions and uh, cultures and and races and stuff like that, it, it seemed to me there was a big shift in the paradigm that, that you know, um, people don't do that stuff anymore. But I don't know. This stuff went. And, I guess and went, also, went, like, intent to like, there's kind of like, 
if you could put ignorance on a spectrum of like innocent ignorance and hateful ignorance, there must be some sort of spectrum there as well. Like, uh, I kind of got this funny story of like when my grandma, you know, I was having uh, Tracy, my partner's family, come over to my farm in, in, in Canada to visit us for the first time years ago. And uh, my partner's uh, Asian Canadian. But my grandma was even like worried about meeting uh, Tracy's parents. And she's like worried, like, oh, I don't know, like my hearing's not very good. What if I can't understand what they're saying? Like stuff like this. And she was like genuinely worried, not in any sort of mean way, but just concerned for herself and not being able. And then Tracy's parents are like super outgoing, super friendly and, and have, um, you know, the most pure Canadian accent um you'll ever hear and then they were like the best of friends the whole night but even my grandma had that like anxiety uh just because she knew tracy was asian so maybe what what, what if you hadn't have given her the heads up and just you had just brought tracy home how think she would have reacted to that um well that that probably was the case like she would have met tracy a few times but this was the first time meeting tracy's parents um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, my, uh, my grandma made some crazy comment one time, but she made it like out of pure, uh, yeah, it didn't feel hateful or anything, but she said like some comment about like, oh, like where are all like the good, um, uh, I think she even said the word like Anglo, uh, like the, where are all the good Anglo partners or something out there? Cause my sister at the time in my grandma's eyes was dating um, like an Italian guy, which she, she eventually married. So actually now that I'm saying this, my grandma sounds pretty racist, but, um, <laughs> no, but I don't think she is. I think she just, <laughs> oh, Greg, can you erase the last 30 seconds? The white grandson. She's just based on her, her genuine anxiety or, or, or ignorance, yeah. You know what I mean? But right now, so like her parents, like her and Tracy's mom are like the best of friends, and you know her and Tracy get along well. It was, it's just like I think my own grandma's like anxiety of like, you know, not being very well traveled and not being very worldly and not knowing much. But I see. I, I feel like from there that it's such a telltale sign of such a Canadian mentality now, right? The desire to want to be better, the desire to want to be inclusive, and just not wanting to come off as offensive. Yeah. Gen- genuinely, I mean, I think that's I think that's great. Like, I mean, if your grandma's willing and wanting to learn, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, and that's yeah. that's kind of the way I, I felt yeah, it was I, too. I, agree. I kind of agree, but I've been in many situations, and there's one in particular where I had met a friend's parents the very first time, and then later on, my friend was like. My mom was really taken aback when she met you. And I said, well, why is that? Well, she said, you never told me that Anthony's black. <laughs> and like, that's why I said, like, should your grandmother have been given a heads up or not given a heads up about Tra- Tracy's, you know, ethnicity? Because like, what difference would that have made? You know, like, oh, side note, mom, just so you know, Anthony's black. Like, why does that need to be slid in there in the, in the conversation? What difference does that make? And enough so right. that her mom would feel that, you know, like, you didn't tell me. Why didn't you tell me that? Right, so I don't know. Ignorance. Did you find out why your friend's mom said that? 
No, because I honestly, I've, I've, there have been so many things with regards to race and expectations that I've experienced firsthand that sometimes it's just not even worth, you know, getting into. So that's just one of those things I didn't have it in me to give. Just gave him the old Anthony eye roll. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Because people, you know, they want to know, like, if it's skin color, well, you know, justify your skin color. Why are you this complexion, not this complexion? Mm. But I'm sure it's it's like, you know, people that are Asian and people want to know often well, what type of Asian I'm assuming, you know, like why, why do we have to make a, make a, a distinction between different things? Like, because then certain expectations come with that. Is that not like a fair first. question? I, like when you meet someone? I think it's a fair question to an extent, but not when you apply certain expectations. So being light, lighter skinned, you know, I feel as though I have more power and privilege in certain contexts or, or respect than in others. And that's also changed over time. Mm. Whereas before, maybe it would have been more ideal if I had been darker complected. That would have come with less questions and less pressure. Mm. For sure. I was also thinking too, like your comment about like, what type of Asian are you? Like, is that like a fair comment? To finish the comment I made when I got cut off about like the question about like, what type of Asian are you? Because um, yeah. there's gonna be a video made about you now. No, I just want to like ask like, is that not like a fair question to ask when you first meet someone? Like, so again, like um, with Tracy, like she's a very like interesting mix of Asian, and and sometimes like she'll bring it up or people will ask her, and it doesn't seem offensive. Well, I, I think one of the things that I would under would want to kind of know is that like. Um, how good of a friend or is this the first meeting that you have with someone right if this mm -hmm. is the first meeting that you have someone like why does that matter right um there's a whole host of other things that you can learn about someone else other than their ethnicity before you kind of delve deep into that area right. um i think from a counseling perspective there could be a number of different you know uh issues that kind of line up behind that too right whether you know who knows what their family background is when it comes to those kinds of things where you could literally ask about their occupation and have more interest in that kind of topic and understanding their passions before you're kind of like, Oh, so do I say Kanichiwa or, you know, <laughs> Ni <hao ma." laughs> So I, I sort of think that asking well, what type of Asian or what, you know, where are you from kind of idea is a better conversation. Like, a, a you know, it's a, it's, I don't think it's a rude comment. I, I, I think it's interesting because you don't want to assume someone's like Chinese or someone's Korean or whatever it is. Right. I think that's worse. Am, am I, I, guess going I guess I think I'm more along the lines of what Tim's saying. There are other things that you can say to kind of paint that picture, um, to understand the person better and then work well, towards it. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't have a problem with it, but that's just me. Yeah. So if you're meeting someone for the first time, maybe I, mean, I don't, think don't bring it up unless they do kind of thing? Or, or maybe not the first thing you talk about. You know what I mean? So, so I guess, I, I, I you, uh, what kind of Asian are you? Like that, that thing, that's pretty rude. But I mean, if, you know, I, <laughs> like a way of starting like, a conversation, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like trying to hit on someone or something. Ancestry. You know, what does your mom do? What does your dad do? You know, like, where did your family immigrate from? Like, that's not conversation topic that you have with someone that you barely know and have met for the right. first time. Correct, correct. No, I agree with yeah. you. I, I'm not, that's not what I meant. But I mean, just like as, you know, you're going through a conversation, you have a good conversation going, and, and it goes that way. I don't know. I wouldn't have much, a big a deal with it. That's just me. 
but well, maybe if someone leads towards that direction, like okay, yeah. fine. But I think that's different if it's or if they ask like your... you, like Neil, what kind of white guy are you? I can then <laughs> counter with, okay, thanks, Tim. What kind of Asian are you? Like, could I? Could I? Sure, do you'll answer with you know plain old Tim Hortons white, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how dare you? I'm on you know, more- all you're going to say is Wonder Bread. You're a Wonder Bread. <laughs> a Wonder Bread, bread guy. Unbelievable. No, this just went rated R. No? Yeah. This just went rated R. <laughs> this is not for 13 and below. But, but going back to like when you first are having a conversation with someone, like one of the things I always really hate actually is when someone really quickly asks, what do you do? Because I find that yeah. like a very aggressive kind of sizing you up, maybe like as to like how much money you make or like very quickly how to judge you. So like not ethnically, but like, you know, maybe like wealth or something like, oh, like we've just met. What do you do? Um, mm. But does and... the part of you not get proud that you say what you do for a living? Honestly? Like, like for me personally, yeah, sure. I, I'm very proud of what I do, but I'm just talking about in general right. sense. Like, I know I know dad it, meets yeah. people. He'll 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 do that really quickly. He'll ask people what they do, and oh. I just hate it because I know what he's doing. Is it? Well, that's oh, true. Wow. That's, that's true. I don't know. I, I for me, I don't know if that's a because you know that guy and what he's doing, but I just I think that car, that's a. It's a it's a shitty second like you know beginning question, but it is it's it's a good question because it leads you to talk about other things. Like for me, it was like okay, well now I can ask questions about your job because that's everyone's you know you spend most of your life in job right uh, out of anything you do right. So mm-hmm. it's like I talk about hey let's Tim let's talk about your job and I can go on forever asking questions for that and you know right. people like talking about themselves and that's easy. But I found like I, a really I, safe I, way. Sorry, go Tim. No, no, no. Uh, I, I was just gonna say, like, a really safe way that that I've found recently, past couple of years, is like, if I'm chatting with someone I've just met, like, say for example, like at baseball, I'll phrase a question like, "Oh, so what do you do when you're not playing baseball?" and and they then can can decide how they answer that question. Right. Um, so they could go the work route. They could. Um, I don't know. Again, at the halfway point too is like, what are you doing in Hong Kong? And you know, how many times are they not in Hong Kong for work? Um, but I don't know. What if they well, interpret that as like you asking them out on a date? Well, they're gonna get some hurt feelings. <laughs> 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 All right then. Cool. Wow, heartbreaker. I, I just want to say something before uh, we end this part because we come back to the the race thing and like you know since the the Black Lives Matter movement recently and I think a lot of Canadians feel that you know it's uh, that oh yeah we're not as bad as them and I, I think that's totally false like I really do think there's racism in Canada and, uh, no yeah no doubt no doubt, that, no doubt. I, you know just so we are puffing up our chest and saying oh yeah, we're not like that and then it's yeah it's not like that so anyway. Anyway, lighter conversation. Uh, that was pretty good for a first topic. What would uh, anybody want to propose a topic, or you want me to pick something? Well, I, I know how we can transition. Things to do in quarantine. So we have um, two. I don't want to. I don't want to hear Anthony's answer. We, we, we have Anthony. <laughs> we have Anthony is the recent expert. We have uh, t- uh, sorry, 
Neil, who has experienced two yeah. quarantines now in, in the middle of a second one, and yeah. her partner Tracy, who our fiance, uh, who has now experienced a third quarantine, two week quarantine. Let's talk about Whoa. quarantine. What is it? Gosh. What do you do? How do you pass the time? You guys Tell are me. champs, man. You guys are crazy. Tell me your favorite Netflix shows. I don't know what. Tell me what you're doing in quarantine. Um, Anthony, you wanna you wanna start? All right, sure. Um, so I only did two weeks, and to be honest, I think Neil is a champ for doing it so many times. Tracy as well, um, giving up your your vacation to be stuck inside or limited with your movement. Um, for my my two weeks, I spent it in Airbnb because I didn't want to risk getting exposed to the coronavirus and then exposing other people to that as well. And there are people in my life that are older or have compromised immune systems. Um, and I'm really, really thankful for that because even since I got home, there have been messages of flights from Toronto to Halifax that had exposure. And one of them was a flight that I was supposed to have been on. So I'm oh, glad, wow. I, I, yeah, I'm glad that I did stay at an Airbnb just in case since people can be asymptomatic. Um, for me, in that, that two weeks, in addition to trying to get through the jet lag, I spent time, a lot of time watching the news and other forms of media because that brings me joy. And I also think that it's important to remain informed about what's going on. I know many people think the news is busting and overwhelming um, and would rather not watch that. But I, I do think that, especially at this point in life or in the world, there's so much going on that you know I'd like to know um, and have an informed opinion about it. So I did that. Um, Netflix that for like sure. That's like an answer that my dad would give me. <laughs> well, that your dad sounds like a very intelligent gentleman. Gentleman. <laughs> Boo. It's like the, the, the whole like, Asian kind of like, you know what I'm going to do with your spare time? You're supposed to read the news. Well, you go ahead and be ignorant. We just said people are ignorant because they don't know what's going on. That's why. Well, but I guess I am. So what we need to be, we need to be informed. So anyway, <laughs> I did that and also trying to work on proper, proper uh, balance and eating properly, sleeping properly, all the things that I think can easily be um, neglected. And then also spending that time thinking about what am I going to do next in my life? Because I've only been home for a few weeks and I'm already getting that popular question of what are you going to do if you're not teaching? Right. So having that, as we were talking about, you know, in the previous segment, if you will, about you know, how people identify you. Oh, you're a teacher? Well, oh, cool. So you teach English as a second language and then you get prideful and say, no, I'm actually an international school teacher because that brings a bit more... That, that brings I don't a bit do more that garbage. Right, yeah, sure. Right. I'm a teaching degree. Sure. But, uh, you know, so now that I'm in that position where it's like, okay, I'm going to be living in my, my home country, home province and living in my friend's friend's place and in their basement and not working what am I going to do with this time but again I feel very lucky to to have the time so that's how I spent my quarantine thinking about next steps but that's that's only like two hours a day how many hours did you spend like on Pornhub <laughs> or you know what I mean like you want to my listeners want to know so for you know. your mom and your dad <laughs> <laughs> no honestly I use that time very very wisely because it gives you one universe. week for free, but you're in quarantine for two. <laughs> Wait, I want to ask, how did you get food? If you're in an Airbnb, um, like, I, I don't. I, I, yeah. I had to actually arrange. I had to arrange my um, friends and family to deliver food, so I had a list, and then I didn't want them even coming around me too often. So I, you know, made a list where I was like, 
I need to get as many things that I can use in a variety of ways. And luckily, the Airbnb that I had was on the first floor and I had a balcony space. So they could actually, you know, stop by, drop the stuff off and stay at a distance, um, which was which was nice um, for sure. But yeah, I really did spend that time, you know, getting pumped up about what what can be. And when you know that you have that time, that's a really amazing opportunity because how often do you have time, anybody really have time just for themselves to just think about themselves, really. So you did a lot of self-reflection and, and all that kind of stuff. Very, very much so. Very much so. Trying to, the news, reading, thinking, researching, um, looking into, you know, my next career, whether, you know, if it's going to be the media or an education, because there are costs and benefits for all of those decisions. Of course, so, it would be easier to stay in education, but. Anthony, if I could ask you this question, and I ask it seriously. Was it much different than like just living on your own, like in Hong Kong, for example, like. You know what I mean? Yes. When you're like, oh, like I was like, had self-reflection time, all that sort of stuff. Like, do you not get that? Maybe, I guess, are you busy with work and all that sort of stuff? You, you never got that when you lived in Hong Kong? Yeah, so I got that, a, a taste of that when I was quarantined coming back, or when I was stuck at home in my place. When I went back to Hong Kong, we were all working online, yeah. you know, because I don't have that regular human interaction and the gym and everything had been closed. So all I had to do was have that time by myself. But that time you know, was multiplied because it wasn't just at the end of a work day and being tired, having some time for myself. Then it was, you know, even throughout the day, but I still had other stresses, the stress of the pandemic being stuck in my apartment and not being used to my regular <clears> life. <throat> this quarantine, I knew that I was quarantining because I was coming home. And why am I coming home? What, what was I leaving? And I didn't realize until my very last day in Hong Kong, how much I really was going to miss it. You know, so I had time to process that. Now I'm, I'm very happy with my decision, but mm. it took time. So the people that are delivering your groceries, they didn't ask why you had like five bucks of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> for crying, Gregory, for crying. Is that what they call it in Nova Scotia? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Thank God I have, so a call with, I have a call with Joe Rogan after this. Higher quality. <laughs> He, he just did a, a podcast with Post Malone on mushrooms. I know, with drugs. That's why I said it. <laughs> Three hours. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway. And I'm getting, I'm getting yeah. razzed about tissues. <laughs> Three-hour podcast, I... but they're only talking for one hour. <laughs> Low budget. Low budget. Yeah. What, uh, what, 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 tell me about quarantine. What's going on? Yeah. I feel like Anthony's response, it's almost like a job interview response. Like it was yeah, like exactly. so like professional and stuff. He's like, oh yeah, I got to sleep right when you're in quarantine. You're not leaving the house for 14 days. Who gives a shit what time you go to bed at? Um, you didn't even mention the fact you're probably jet lagged because you've traveled across the world in order to do your quarantine. Uh, um, you did yeah, I'm getting up at I seven. Did, oh, really? I, I actually did say that, but you weren't listening. Um, oh, I actually, went to the bathroom in the middle of your speech. It um, <laughs> and so, hey, sorry, Anthony, he was using his own tissues. <laughs> and he had, he had to the bathroom because his digestion is not on par. You know why? Because his sleep is off. Anyway. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, when I went back to Canada, kind of similar to Anthony, I didn't want to quarantine with my parents. Um, my parents had a farm. I, it would have been like the perfect place to do it. But I had a good buddy that had his own place and he was like a furloughed Air Canada pilot and he was like really lonely and bored. And he's like, yeah, like come and stay with us. Uh, actually, Jared, a lot of you guys on this podcast know who he is. And uh, <laughs> I guess Tim doesn't and Greg's parents don't, but that's it. Um, and so 
uh, <laughs> we stayed with uh, we stayed with him for two weeks, and it was really great. Um, kind of like the secret we did when we were staying with Jared. This was in Fergus, and then uh, you know I'm I'm one week into my two week quarantine in Hong Kong at this very moment. And I think kind of like the big trick for us is like, just take really long time to do anything. So if even if you're going to like, if you're lying in bed, you wake up and you're like, oh yeah, I need to make coffee. But like, take 45 minutes to do that. And then, you know, I'm going to like shave today, but like really think about it a lot, you know, change the batteries to your shave, like make shaving like the, the event of the day. Because you have 14 in a <laughs> row, you can't go anywhere, you know, tomorrow it's going to be putting away the laundry that's been drying. That's tomorrow's job. I don't want to do like, two things in one day. It was like, I'm going to take a mean shit today, so I'm going to prepare, eat a lot of beans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and give yourself yeah. a hemorrhoid. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. This leftover has been in the, in the fridge for weeks, so I'm going to, but even if I get food poisoning, oh, I don't sick. have to go anywhere for the next week, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then yeah like, <laughs> and then uh yeah you do i guess the difference for me is i'm quarantining with a partner uh so you do have to kind of be mindful of like each other's space and and all that sort of stuff but yeah we i think we make it work well how, how's um, that with the hong kong apartment or a difference with the hong kong apartment um i bought <laughs> I bought a second Apple TV so we could each kind of like watch our own thing. We could both watch Netflix because we have a TV in our bedroom too and baseball, hockey, all that sort of stuff. Um, So we can, even like today, like I, I, we had our own shows today. So Tracy's watching some show about, I don't know, boxing or whatever. And I'm watching uh, the second season of Umbrella Academy. And yeah, you just got to like find a good show, plow through it. Um, even like having like this event, like being on a podcast, you know, becomes like, <clears throat> oh, like my event of the day. Like I'm going to, you know, get ready for it and prepare. And It's 11 o'clock at Can night. I- You've been looking forward to this since 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. Keep in mind, like I'm under. Yeah. Th- th- again, I'm not under a job interview here. So it could be more like 1130 or something. But right, fair enough. Fair enough. But Neil. You, you have that. You saying that you had someone to spend that time with. So you had Neil, uh, Tracy, and Jared on yeah. the farm, so that there's or whatever or Jared's yeah. place, and then yeah, and then you you're with Tracy now. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to do the quarantine as easily if you were by yourself and in a smaller space? Um. Yeah. Good question. I I would say no. Um. I, I think it it would be less. Um enjoyable you know and even at, in fergus jared had a big backyard and we we i held him finish his back deck so the the first week we we're working on the deck so that gave us stuff to do every day and then the second week it was like just smashing beers on the deck so it was great um mm-hmm. and, and then, also uh, had, sorry hmm? and also had, he doesn't need as many tissues oh my god <laughs> um Greg and mm-hmm. the but, but yeah so i think like with the, the you know the the thing with quarantine is everyone knows it's gonna suck and it's like kind of like that necessary evil of international travel. So we knew that this is essentially our payment of like visiting home for the summer, and you know we have this luxury of like significant amount of time off. So you know 
in 2020, like who is doing international travel? Like you can't be a tourist anymore. So it's only people that are, you know, residents of one country and citizens of another, and you're, you're traveling home for some reason. And, you know, the quarantine is really just payment that you have to make in a sense of doing that journey. And for us going home in the summer, we knew that we'd end up doing four weeks of quarantine, you know, two in Canada, two in Hong Kong. And we'd have four weeks of freedom in Canada. So every single day of freedom was essentially paid for with one day in quarantine. And so I think that made our four weeks of freedom in Canada, you know, a little bit richer. Because even when I would do like nothing uh, in freedom, I was just like reading the newspaper at my parents' farm, you know, having coffee with my parents, you know, it was great. But I knew always that this day was paid for with a day in quarantine. And I, in a weird way... It almost, yeah, I knew every single day I thought of it. And in a weird way, it, it, it slightly enriched those four weeks of freedom, knowing that I essentially, I really had to pay for them. You know what's messed up? I just, I didn't contact my friend, but I don't think Zurich or Switzerland is, has um, quarantine because she's just traveled there and she's traveling right now and being a tourist in Zurich. I've seen all kinds of things come up on Instagram. So I think there are people who are traveling. Is she Canadian or is it like a European yeah, Union Canadian. thing? Canadian from right from Mississauga or Oakville. Huh. Or yeah. Which, so, but she'll have to quarantine when she comes back. I would imagine so. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I didn't ask her. But I, I think that's something I probably should ask her. Are you talking well, about she... Megan? Sorry? Are you talking about Megan? No, I'm not talking about Megan. Uh, I'm oh. talking about a friend that lives in Oakville and then she moves. Oh, not moved. She's traveling in Zurich. I just saw pictures on her Instagram. This was like today. I'm like, what? Are you seriously traveling right now? It's, I, I can't believe it. But anyway, I guess you can't stop any, somebody from doing something, right? Um, Tim and Greg, do you miss traveling home since you opted not to do it? Uh, we grieve about it every day. Good question. It, well, because um, like we're quarantining all that time there, right? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, one of the things that we definitely came to terms with was this idea that... Um, so I think there's there's bits and pieces of it. I think that for one thing, we kind of knew that our normal trip home wouldn't have been the same anyways, in that it's not like we would be able to see um, everybody that we would want to see um, when we're back because it was uh, generally at the time it was like lockdown and all that kind of stuff um, with the phase one and phase two in Ontario at least. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, so I have two kids. And so one of those kinds of things is this mentality of like really missing out on the family time that they would have been able to share with family that they don't see often. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the ways that we really came to terms with it was just this idea that we really made this summer here in Hong Kong, um, a summer of just for us, right? Usually when we're back in Toronto, we're running around, seeing people, trying to meet up with everybody. So it doesn't really feel restful. And so I would say that arguably this summer actually has felt quite restful in comparison. Yeah. I, I, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I feel exactly the same as you uh, in many ways. Uh, I I think that I was just talking about somebody. I was like, Hey, I I think going back to work is going to be the hardest this summer than any other summer, because I am, so relaxed usually i'm running around traveling you know flying here to there seeing this friend that like vacation usually as an international teacher going home for summer is not very restful it's uh, i mean it can yeah. be some people do have that but it's a lot busy, of yeah. seeing this person a lot of 
drunken nights, you know, uh, just trying to just you know, fitting stuff in, fitting stuff in and scheduling. It's just yeah. busy. and we had zero. Ske- I have zero schedule over here. You know what I mean? And so going back to work now is just going to be so hard. I mean, uh, from Tim is a very different perspective because he has two kids and also a, lot, a little bit older. I have, um, you know, for my listeners out here, a brand new son. And last year was my first year with him in the summertime. We weren't allowed to travel because he's adopted. And um, but this year. When we went home for Christmas, it was a, such a horrible flight. Laura and I, we had such a, a horrible flight with him that we didn't want to do that again. And so we even said at that point in time, we're not coming back for summer. But I think, as Tim talked about, you want to be able to connect with your family at home with your with your with my son and their grandson and my you know nephew and all that sort of stuff. And so we were sort of leaning towards, yeah, we're going to go back for summer. And then when we found out we couldn't go back or it didn't make sense to go back. Um, it, it was, it was, mm. we missed that part. I did miss that part, but let me tell you, I, as, as Tim, we truly did enjoy this summer of just relaxing, um, recharging, you know, and I, I didn't do as many, um, five-star hotels as Tim, you know, during the summer, <laughs> but that, or, or <laughs> maybe fun. Was that in Macau? No, you still got a quarantine, dude. Uh, oh, right. No, yeah, Macau's closed still. And, um, no, but he, I mean, uh, Hong Kong, I, I, again, for our listeners, they don't know, but, they, you know, like these five-star hotels will cost anywhere from, you know, two, three hundred, five hundred U.S. dollars a night are now offered for like a hundred bucks, you know, 150, 200 bucks U.S. Like it's not expensive anymore. And they're giving all these packages where if you spend, let's say, 2,000 Hong Kong, you're going to get a thousand Hong Kong back in, in, in credit to spend at the hotel doing massage or food or drinks or whatever it is so it's pretty it's pretty enticing <coughs> actually to do that and i think in hong kong it's we're um we're quite surprised with actually mm. the cost you know of these if, kind of luxury things are i've gone down if, if i can just add i i actually kind of feel like for all the tourism that's like not taking place i'm actually surprised a lot of the hong kong hotels aren't cheaper because some of them are still like 500 bucks a night and I think I think that the hotels that are cheap though are the ones that um like I'm like uh I'm pretty sure I've seen like if you go maybe two stars down from a five star hotel like a three star hotel um you can find a hotel for like 10 bucks american a night no problem no oh, wow. I, I see there's there's a place that you can you can uh in Shatana it's like three three star whatever it is but it's 5 grand a month for the whole month, you can stay there, and it wasn't Hong Kong. Where, yes, Hong Kong. Hong Kong dollars. Five Hong five thousand, uh, so which is about eight hundred Canadian. But it's um, what you call it. This is where uh, Renaissance, Renaissance Renaissance College they send their new teachers to this hotel. So it's not that bad. Mm. But you know, what I mean? but it's cheaper than rent, man. Like I can't believe it. Yeah, that's what's crossing my mind. That's cheaper than rent, mm-hmm. right? For a hotel room, five grand. I think you even get breakfast. So I mean, <laughs> crazy, right? Whoa. Yeah, I guess you'd have to live so, in Kowloon, though. But that's, Gross. that's no one wants to do that. Dark side. If I if I can just go back. We just to... lost all listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could go back to Greg, what you were saying about like the hustle and bustle of going back to Canada for the summer and all the stuff you have to do. What I do have to say, this summer was different. Uh, with the with COVID and with everything that's going on, this summer was different. People, even in Canada, were chilled out. <clears throat> everything was closed. 
so even for Canadians, it was like just all about, you know, seeing family, seeing friends. Um, you know, we would just have gatherings where people would, um, you know, just sit in a circle like on our grass and for hours and, you know, would only go inside, just use the bathroom and come back out. But we'd be socially distancing and having little social distance parties and then they'd go. And I would almost feel like it was more than normal. And it's it wasn't anything formal or anything you had to get ready for. It was just like, you know, almost stop bys because everybody knows you're home and everyone knows you're not doing anything and no one's making plans. And so it was it was actually very peaceful. Um, I And so it, it even Canada had a different vibe this summer, a hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, no, don't get, don't get me wrong though. Like, I mean, there was definitely lots of moments of lamenting, like thinking about, oh, you know, you look at Facebook memories, like, oh, this time last year we were doing yeah. this, you know. So it definitely felt like there was a semblance of missing out, um, and and wishing that we had actually just bit the bullet and gone back for that period of time. But it is what it is. So when do you anticipate you will all be able to travel again? Ooh, yeah. Question. Hong Kong just issued something saying that quarantines will remain. Like I, I just canceled a Hawaii trip for December because they said that quarantine will be continued for until December. Yeah. So I, I saw wow. that too. That's been in place actually, I think for, for quite a while. I, Cause I was, I remember reading that when I was back home in Canada and me being very optimistic or maybe naive, but I was like, okay, the quarantine for Hong Kong is until December 31st, but I don't have to come back to Hong Kong until like January 3rd. So maybe, <laughs> maybe Yikes. by January 3rd, the quarantine won't be in place anymore. <clears throat> so I'm kind of grasping at straws. I just couldn't really come to terms with the fact when I left Canada, when I left my family, uh, it was like, yeah, even when I say goodbye to my grandma, like, it's like, yes, yeah, see you, uh, Next summer. maybe for a year. And like, that's something that, I've never mm -hmm. wanted to do the whole time I've I've lived away, mm -hmm. and uh, and for the listeners, you know, uh, that don't know, um, I was supposed to get married this summer, and uh, 2020 was like an excellent time to plan a wedding, obviously, and so uh, we've postponed it till next summer, and and I'm not really too stoked about the idea that, you know, the next time I go home to Canada. You know, I might have to come out of a two-week quarantine, and that's my first freedom in Canada. And then, like three days later, I'm getting married. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. a good question. It's a good question. When is this going to happen? You know, uh, I think. So that means that you guys, you haven't been able to be like you. It'll be a year and a half. Then, like, if you guys didn't go home this summer, then it, then it would be you didn't go home since last Christmas. Is that right? Who are you talking to? Greg and and Tim. Like, yeah. when were you home in Canada? Tim was last summer? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it'll be two years for you. Well, what about if they remove the quarantine, let's say, for example, like January 20th? Um, would you think about going home for like Chinese New Year? There was no quarantine? Oh, or, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Like, so the yeah. minute quarantine's gone, you're home. Uh, I think we would go for the next break just because um, I think other like i guess extreme like um external circumstances like um you know we have a few family members who are pregnant you know things like that mm -hmm. where we originally were going to support them in the summer or we were going to try to get back if quarantine was off for october break but now we can't 
uh, was aiming for Christmas. Now we can't like, you know, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And just, you know, again, like I think a part of being an international like teacher, I guess we would call it in the sense, um, like, you know, you, you feel like there's a lot of missing out going on there. There's a lot of, I don't know, FOMO is the right mm-hmm. way of putting it, but you know, you, you do still kind of yearn for that connection with that community that you have back from your, your, your place where you grew up. Right. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I can't go back for a week. That's not worth it for me. And um, I would do the opposite though. Get my parents at least. And if not my sister and my brother-in-law, my, my nephew to come here um, during one of those weeks and they'll stay longer. Obviously they'll stay for two weeks or a month or whatever it is. Right. Uh, so that's, mm-hmm. I would do that instead. Yeah. My parents floated that idea too. Right. I'd rather do that. I mean, so we'll see what happens. I don't think I would be able to handle it, to be honest. What do you mean? I, like, I don't think I would. Like missing your mom. I, I, like I'm so used to in the past eight years that I've been away. I've been home every Christmas and every summer. Like that is a guarantee yeah, for me. Same with us. And it's exhausting. It's an exhausting process, but I really, Worth it every really. Time. Yeah, I, yeah, I really need that. So I don't, I don't honestly, I don't know if I wouldn't be able to handle it. So you know, good on you guys for for being able to handle that. And Neil being able to go home and quarantine and come back and quarantine. Well, for Tracy you know? and I, it was it was never even a discussion. Uh, like we knew we were going home. You know, we didn't have to talk about it. Like it was a guarantee we we're going home no matter what we had to do. If we had to rent our own. Now, do you think? When you guys go back to work, do you think that the vibe is going to be different because so many people have been, I'm going to say stuck in Hong Kong, but that's there are worse places to be stuck? Um, I think the vibe will be different, but maybe not because of that. I think the vibe will be different just because of the larger circumstance. Okay. Yeah. I, I think we, well, I mean, there are a lot of people back and staying here, and we, we did manage to meet up with well, quite a few people during the, the, this time, during the summer. So it was okay, mm-hmm. and people are okay. It's it, it's. Mm-hmm. I, think I think there's been a general feel of gratitude too. I think people recognize In what way? that. Uh, well, like Hong Kong does not have it bad when it comes yeah. to COVID, right? I mean, oh, like so the gratitude being like, oh, other places are worse, yes. right? And also because of the fact that we've been able to. I guess, have some semblance of a normal life with, I guess, the mm-hmm. general population here kind of in the same mm-hmm. mindset where it's kind of like, we're doing this to protect one another. We want to get this silly virus like over with, like why prolong our misery? And so kind of working together in that capacity. Um, I think that was very different in the very, very beginning stages where we still had some work to kind of get people's mindsets in the right place. But I still, like even this past week, um, I mean, and so one of the things was like, you know, a lot of there's a lot of complaints going around online about expats who are just really, you know, reluctant to put on uh, masks and, and saying like, oh, I'm not scared. Like, this is silly. You know, why would we do that? Mm-hmm. And even that was like a big hot topic at the beginning when we first went back to school. Um, but in the elevator the other day um, in my apartment, there was a guy that was going from the sixth to the 11th floor. And he didn't think he'd run into anybody, but he saw us in the elevator and he, and he's like this massive giant rugby player. And he immediately turned around, faced his, um, faced the corner and was like profusely apologizing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. He's like, I don't have a mask on. And, you know, I think that generally speaking, you know, 
everybody is generally on the same page here in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Maybe like one or two outliers, but you know, it's it's kind of cool to kind of see the entire, you know, I guess general population coming together to unify for that purpose. Uh, yeah, that's really nice. But yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and just to go back about the thing, I think for me being away from my parents and my family is a little bit different. Because uh, my when I'm growing up, my my parents were they lived in a different country, right? They were living and working in St. Martin. So where I'm used, my family's used to like for years living apart mm. from each other and stuff like that. It's not, and communicating during telephone and, and that's enough. Like, so it's very different for, for me than you guys. Like, so this is normal for me kind of idea. I don't know. And, and Hong Kong is your home. You would call it your home, right? Uh, Hong Kong is my home now. That is correct. But I'm not afraid to say right. that is my home either. It's like, you know, when I go home, I, I don't mind saying that too as well. At any rate. Cause I've always found it like challenging it's like always in the back of my mind, not even that far back where the, you know, flying into Hong Kong, like I loved it. I always was so grateful to have a job there and the people that I've met, but I never would think of it as my home. Like that's where I'm established and settled despite the fact that I've been there for four years. Right. So the idea of not being able to go home, which would be Canada yeah, would have been very much a struggle, but maybe because you have your, you know, your wife and your kid and your place and you feel as though it's home. It's a bit different. That's true. Hmm. Uh, that's part of it, but also I'm used to it. At any rate, uh, hmm. just to move on to something different, um, you know, since we're talking about traveling and stuff like that, like besides going home, where, where, you know, where is the first place you're going to travel to that destination? You know what I mean? That you're waiting, you're itching to hmm. go when things are normal. Where, where are we going? Besides home, uh, <laughs> Thailand. I mean, I mean, for our listeners, people don't realize Those this. As international teachers, one of the biggest perks of international teaching is yeah. that's why we do this. Like being away mm-hmm. from our families, you can see how much it hurts to be away from our families, but we do it because we love <laughs> traveling, right? I know. And now that we've established we love our families, let's talk yeah. about vacation spots. <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> right where, where would you go like this is what are you missing what are you jonesing for where where are we going uh just look on hong kong express and just pick a place gosh yeah. like, if they're selling i love hong- um i love bali like where uh you know i've actually been there with jackson before going to uh what's that hotel that potato head owns and i love that spot oh uh, what's it katamama yeah oh man i love that spot that's amazing that was an amazing amazing so you guys really trying to get sponsors right now? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> By the way, we're talking about uh, Potato Head. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I, we could we I, could do the podcast I, from man ten beers deep on that patio. Cool, man. Lord. You so, have the best okay, podcast well, in the world. Was, so okay, so for, for the, I've never been there. I've been to Bali, but I've never been there. Give sell it, sell us. What's 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 there that makes us you want to go there? That's your first destination you want to go there. What's happening there? Why, why is it so cool? Why is it so awesome besides the coffee? So the hotel uh, itself, right on the water, brand new, just designed really well. Um, the It's one of those hotel rooms where every design element you feel is there on purpose and they put a lot of thought into it. Like it's not just like, oh, we needed a door here. We need a bathroom there. We need a bed here. Like every single thing seems to be intentionally done in a really kind of cool stylistic manner. Um, so and I've got two more. The, the second one is 
the people are just so friendly. Like it's a relatively expensive hotel for Bali. And what are we uh, talking about here? It, it, for, um, for what was it? Would it be like three hundred Canadian a night? Okay, I, I, that's expensive. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was something like that for sure. For yeah. Sure. Where, so that, for Bali, you can do a lot cheaper than that, right? Absolutely. Um, you go twenty dollars a night if you really. Yeah, want and still be pretty good. Yeah. Um. So, but, so it could have been like really stuffy or like they're trying to like live up to this really expensive vibe of a hotel, but it was not like that. It was like super friendly people, super hip um just really cool fantastic and like, service. anything you need like yeah sure whatever we'll bring it up to you no worries and um you know it was just like that and then when you you arrive they actually bring you up to your room and in every single room like every single room they have like almost an, a professional bar in mm-hmm. every room with like a sunken in ice uh you know bowl or whatever you call it and um all the stuff to make like professional cocktail drinks, like fresh lemons, fresh limes, infused alcohol, um, mixers, and they make you a welcome drink in your own room with your your own bar equipment. And when you leave, you can just do it yourself the whole time you're there. And so when we were there, you know, AJ came <laughs> over and they had some stuff you can make yourself or they did have a few pre-mixed drinks that like their mixologist phd expert whatever made and <laughs> anthony and i were there it's like drink and, and tracy and it's like these were like the best old fashions like we're sitting there thinking like these are the best old fashions like i've ever had right. like they were so good and all included and, the price is like um i think the pre-mixed drinks no there was a price tag on on them as well but they were reasonable enough that we called down and they're like can you bring more of these up please because we've drank the ones already in our room we need more well even um, like your own mixing and stuff like that like they, they measured alcohol or they give them the little bottles uh i th- so when you i think when you open one of the bottles you've bought it but it's not like american it's not like north american hotels where the alcohol in the hotel room is like outrageously priced. Like the alcohol mm. in Canada, like it's like, you know, $75. Like this is true. I was at a hotel in Toronto, $75 for a Mickey. So that's like 375 milliliters of like normal bourbon. I'm like what? In the LCBO, this would be like $20. Right. But, but so in, in, in Bali, they, they were, you did have to buy them, but I can't remember how much they were, but they felt right. reasonably priced. And for for you know our listeners, Bali is one of the more expensive places for alcohol in Asia because of the mm-hmm. um, Indonesian government, right? Uh, Muslim and stuff like that. They they charge a hard tax on alcohol. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but it's, I, I did not know that. It's, it's relatively more. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. No. My friend, um, he used to live in 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 Bali. He would buy the half. You know, when you're in airplanes, like he knew airline stewardess and pilots and stuff like that, they would nick the um, the half bottles of wine and stuff like that and take it off with them. And he would buy it from them. You know, when you, you go to a plane. Oh, wow. Would, yeah, yeah. He would take all those half bottles or whatever and drink from that because it was that expensive. Wine specifically, apparently, is extremely expensive in Bali. Huh. Anyway, just uh, I, I felt like I, I, I guess that's the nice thing about traveling from from Hong Kong too is Hong Kong is so expensive that anywhere you go, at least in, in my mind, in Southeast Asia is going to feel cheaper. 
That's like when we go on vacation, we almost save money. Oh yeah, Japan doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like south, if you go south from Hong Kong, um, it's gonna feel cheaper. Um, you know, Tim mentioned Thailand. It's like you spend a week or two in Thailand, you are no matter what you do, you're saving money. Than if you're not living in Hong Kong, Thailand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it is. It's true. It is cheaper to eat out every day, live in a hotel. Than actually living in Hong Kong in your home on your own. Yeah, it's crazy. It's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. So Tim, you go to you go to Thailand. Yeah, I think that's just like one of those things where it's easy. You know that it's it's quick. It's you know you're gonna get cheap flights there. Like it's it's for our Canadian listeners, cheap flights is like return flight two hundred bucks or three hundred dollars max. Not even. Yeah, yeah I saw Hong Kong. That, I like think. I, I remember seeing tickets on Hong Kong Express for like a dollar. What? Hong Kong. <laughs> no, this mm. that, that that seems... well, obviously taxes not included, but still the no, fact that they would for, like, like the one way and the next way to nix you or something like that. There's no way. I've, I've you're gonna pay for your bags, and if you well, want to yeah, wear yeah. shoes, you got that cost. Use the washroom and shit. <laughs> I well, do have to say, Thailand though, like. You know Anthony for sure. If there's a way to use the washroom, forget it. That's a thousand dollar flight. Listen, I just think it's so funny that we're talking about flying to Thailand from Hong Kong. Like it's like flying from Nova Scotia to Toronto. But but that's no that Nova Scotia Toronto. That's a longer flight. Like this has got to be like Kingston to Toronto. This flight. But like that's the that's the common thing though that people talk about here. Like oh, taking a trip. You know, gonna go catch a Jays game in Toronto. Like that's the big you know save up and go. But that's yeah. the crazy thing. Isn't we it? talk about because we go on weekend, like, we go on weekend jaunts to Thailand, and yeah. a go train ticket is more expensive than yeah. our plane ticket. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it can be. That's true. Or you're, or you're, I'm you're, gonna miss that. The problem with Thailand, I feel like living around here, is like when we do have time to go somewhere on vacation. I find Thailand's one of those places where it's like where obviously we go to Thailand, so it's like I need to think of reasons not to go to Thailand. Like, what are reasons I should go to somewhere other than Thailand mm. for this holiday? Like, that's, that's but I love how it. I view Thailand. I've, yeah, I, Thailand's so good. And there's so many different parts of Thailand you could go that's to. Right. Like, you could have 20 different vacations depending on where you go in Thailand. Like, it's, and, and, and where, where in Thailand is your favorite? Um, I really I'd like hated actually if I could take an opposite approach under your question, Greg, like Chiang Chiang Mai. I've been there Ooh, before. I really hated that's a it. Sensitive spot for Greg, probably. Um, <laughs> that was a setup because I I went with Greg. That was Greg was supposed to jump well, we on that. We didn't really go to Chiang Mai, but anyway, we went outside of Chiang Mai. Uh, I've been to Chiang Mai on vacation by myself too. I quite liked it, but um. One of the funnest times I had in Thailand. Uh, actually, I'm stealing Tim's thunder. Tim, why don't you talk about Thailand? No, you're good. Keep going. Favorite time. Uh, Go on. We were in Koh Tao. I really enjoyed uh, spending on Koh- uh, the island. It's a small, small island on the kind of like the southern uh, east part of. It's an island off southeast Thailand, and uh, it was just so awesome. It was chill, great food. Rented a scooter. You can scoot around the whole island. It was just. Again, great coffee. It's a really important part of traveling and absolutely awesome. I uh, loved it. Kotao. Kotao, yeah. And like we were able to get a hotel right on the beach and we got a two-story room overlooking the beach. 
and Tracy was able to like argue with the guy checking us in <laughs> that because we have the room right on the beach, we're going to get all this like extra noise and stuff. And so we should get it cheaper. <laughs> and so because we have the one room and the, the, the hotel room, the hotel was really long. It had like, it was almost like long apartments and we had the one unit on the beach. And Tracy was able to argue, it's like, yeah, but we're on the beach. It's going to be noisy. People are partying, whatever, whatever. And so, yeah, we got the the beachfront room, like, at a discount because it was on the beach. Like, I don't know. Tracy is really convincing, I guess. But I, I couldn't believe that that one flew. But it did. And it was amazing. That is amazing. Sounds like a Tim Wu story. Greg. <laughs> Greg <we're... laughs> Tim Wu, and for, for my listeners... We'll stay on the line for two hours with with a fucking airline <laughs> for fifty bucks. Like, there's no way he's coming off that line unless he's getting a fifty dollar refund. It's not. First happening. of all, it was not fifty dollars. Yeah. Second of all, you it was an ind- I thought the first of all was going to be it was not two hours. <laughs> Second of all, it was not two hours. It was a letter, and it just happened to be very well written, signed off respectfully, Doctor Timothy Wu. <laughs> So, Ow. exactly. And but you know because what? Because you wrote it while you were at work, you were the ultimate winner. I did not write it at work. Uh, just, just depending on who the listeners are, I guess. I did not write it at work because I'm. Dedicated Don't worry, to my Greg's role. mom doesn't work at our school. <laughs> Why don't we go back to this tissue segment, okay? <laughs> anyway, Greg, where are you flying to? Me? Uh, yeah. Actually, we had tickets and, and plans to, to go Bali with my, my parents because we haven't mm-hmm. – usually every Christmas um, for, for the listeners, my mother – hi, mom uh, – will uh, <laughs> <laughs> come to uh, – because my dad was taking care of my grandmother, and so he wouldn't be able to come. So my mom – I flew her out to, can- uh, to Hong Kong every, every Christmas, and then we – and Flora would go take a vacation somewhere different all over it. So uh, this Christmas, we're taking both my mom and dad, we're going to go to, to Bali. We had it all set up and ready to go uh, for this Christmas, but obviously we had to cancel everything. So Bali was something I haven't been back in a long time. Um, and some place that I would like to go. The only places I haven't been to in Asia, no, I won't take that back, into around our region, is uh, that I want to go to is Laos. One of them is Laos. I haven't been. I, don't, I haven't been to that. and That's something that I'm missing. Um, Besides that, I've been to almost all <clears throat> around us. Like Have I don't have had beer well, Laos. Enjoy, enjoy your nice your nice trips in Asia, okay? <laughs> hey, enjoy Anthony, going you over can, to the you next can drive up to Glace Bay. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can get over to the corner oh, store, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! So in Asia, where will you miss most, Ant? Hmm. Honestly, I I still just love Hong Kong. Honestly, like I will I will miss it, but I have to do like um, what some other people have done that have moved back to North America and be like, okay, I'm not in Asia anymore. I'm not in Europe anymore. What's in my part of the world that I would I would like to see? So I really want to see what what's out west. <laughs> I have never been before. Doctor Wu, relax. And uh, I'd also like to see more of of um, the U.S. as well. Like, I definitely need to go back to New York City because that place brings me absolute joy, and I'd love to go to California. But right now, with the coronavirus, I'm not going to those places anytime soon. <laughs> I love how you're like, I need uh, to see more of the U.S., and you instantly name somewhere you've been already. 
<laughs> yeah, more of New York, but I also need to see California. And uh, but I do want I want to go to British Columbia very badly. Um, yeah. This brings me into the next segment, uh, a topic that uh, Neil has brought. We we are we are trained uh, people that's been on flights for very long periods of time, many many different flights. What is the farting etiquette on flights? Like this is our next topic here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we know Anthony has. Now you're laughing, but I think this is kind of serious. Like we have your mom is no longer listening. We have Anthony who has irritable bowel syndrome. So, and I know before we left, <laughs> he had a certain diet he was not following. I can imagine that airline back to Canada, the Air Canada flight, must have been torture for the person beside you or behind you. I can't believe I'm getting this much shade. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even believe this. But serious. Like, what is the etiquette? This podcast, this podcast, three contributors, not, not four next time. Swear to God. Because I've been on a flight before where somebody's just ripping them the whole time, man. And it's like, it's almost that situation where you get used to the smell, almost. Well, like, the big picture question is like, like, should. Should you should you fart on an airplane? Like, can we can we agree on the answer to that question? Oh, how okay. can you not? Okay, thank you. That was that. I think that's the obvious response. Is like, I'm not going to the washroom to fart on an airplane. There's no way. It's uh, let her rip. This is matter. And again, like uh, the plight well, of expats, right? Like all a lot of our flights going from North America to Asia long. are like long. Yeah, so it's hours. not like you can like hold it in. Like when I first started flying, like. I, I would try to like hold it in just out of like etiquette, be polite, or whatever. Green. but then like my stomach would like honestly start hurting. But um, don't you feel more free to be able to do that on an airplane with, I mean, it's so noisy. Everybody's got noise canceling earphones on or is watching something. No one will know it's you. Or well, what you a power, what a power play though, like on a plane. Down. If you do it knowing people can hear you and they can't do anything about it, like what a power play that is. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like you can separate cheeks so though. Aggressive. You can't you don't have to you can make it silent. It's not a problem. Yeah, but you don't, right? Like that's the power play. You know what you can mean? make it silent, but you don't. You let it rip. You less let it rip and and it's like but, I'm But you have to wait until you're making eye contact with someone. Really? <laughs> For me it's about whether it's not whether I fart or not, it's whether I pretend it's somebody else. You, know, you fart and really re- you start looking around. What the hell? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can do that. But what do you mean Enter pretend or not pretend? Like, are you just you know, going to, like, your, if they your, look over at you, they're going to wink at them? Sorry? Like, what are you going to do to pretend or not pretend? Like, what? They look well, at if you, you're sitting in a seat, right? Like, you got to lean. Like, you ever just got to lean a little bit? So, like, you're seeing a lot of people leaning. That got to tell you exactly what they're doing. <laughs> the lean, the lean, the lean move. I, the I, or or, or sometimes if like if you're sitting beside Tracy, you can just be like, Tracy, here, I got to tell you something. And you got to <laughs> lean in and tell her something. <laughs> we have to make up a secret because really what you're doing is you're trying to silently fart. Um, so you're like, so, oh, hey, Tracy. What our listeners want to know, does, does Tracy return serve? Does she return the serve? Um, Tracy will be the first to tell you no. She never. <laughs> she, she will have she never done said. that action in her life. She should probably go see the doctor. She'll, she'll, say, <laughs> she'll say she doesn't play that sport. 
Interesting. Isn't she a science teacher? <laughs> a biology Sometimes teacher she uses that. her powers for good and sometimes for bad. Okay. Well, she should well I, know people that say, I know people that don't fart are those are the worst smelling parts. That's for sure. <laughs> those are for sure. Maybe she's just straight up pooping her pants. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad we kind of got this covered because I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one that was like completely comfortable with farting on planes. Like it's it, it, in the sense that it's a must, it's a necessity. I, I'm but comfortable. Also, I, so like, much... I don't mind passing it on to somebody else, though. I don't mind passing on my blame. And because more of anonymity. And because of COVID, they have those new filters, right? They filter the air like every nine minutes through HEPA filters. So even if it does reek, it's not going to linger, right? And on international flights these days, socially distanced. So, yeah. How was that? Was the, plane was the plane empty when you guys were going back? Yeah, very empty. Yeah. What, like, yeah. What, what, how empty? Talk, talk to me about that. Like when I was booking flights, booking our seats, it was like I booked the back, and it, we had almost like our own section. Oh, section. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't, like, were, you weren't even the same role. Oh no way. So. Tracy couldn't even smell your fart. It, it was you were just smelling your own fart. Yeah, you purposely walked by over her. and over again. <laughs> I would I would pretend like we're crash landing as I'm farting, just so I could like, you know. Wow, that's uh, very intentional. <laughs> well, you gotta be safe. Brace, um, brace. Just kidding. <laughs> Anthony, you yourself? Did you, did you like? There's nobody around you. Is that gone? Hello. He's got IBS. Maybe he took a break. He he says connect. It says connected. Yeah, maybe went to the bathroom. He took a dump for sure. When when are we gonna get to alternative? Oh. What we're asking? How was the plate? I don't know why you couldn't hear me. I could hear you. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Me now. (laughs) Did you open a new box of tissues? What's going on over there? I'm literally looking at the window. All right, sorry. Tell me about it. How was the plane ride? Was it empty? Like these planes are empty. Uh, most recently, when I flew, it was fairly empty. The economy had more seats initially, though. I had, uh, I was like, oh, I'll just fly economy that way. You know, it's cheaper, and uh, it shouldn't be that booked. But then, as I looked at my particular flight, the seats started booking up more and more. So then I decided, okay, whatever, I'll buy premium economy. At least there are less people. But then I called the airline and the airline wasn't socially distancing people in premium economy, which I didn't understand. So there are less people. But that would be the, domestic, they... right? What do you mean? Like, no, international flight. Are you, Anthony, international you're talking flight. about an international? Yeah. So I paid, I paid for the premium economy ticket thinking as well, they were going to do the socially distanced thing. And then come to find out it was going, only going to apply to economy. And so then I thought, Whoa, what would I really? that there's a chance that I have someone, you know, two seats away from me because the middle seat's not uh, not being filled or be in a space that has less people. So I did opt for that, but I did complain to them, to the airline, about that. It makes no sense you're going to socially distance in one class and not in the other. Um, luckily, though, there wasn't anybody in my row, but there were people behind me. So I was a bit bitter that I paid a lot, of, a lot more money and uh, – Mm. You know, people like were able to be in economy, but 
have much much more space as a result of people yeah being able to it doesn't make did any you, sense did you recline the flying. whole row what's that did you recline the whole row because people that don't know premium economy you're you have a foot rest and so yeah. did you, did you recline yeah but box or what like a bed no, because when you're in premium, when you're in premium economy you can't move the the um armrest oh uh. even i thought about that because when i flew back to hong kong and in February, after our month of work or my month of working from home in Canada, I like Neil had, you know, I think they said there was like 75 or 80 people on the flight going back to Hong Kong and usually there's about five, 600. It was something wild. So it was rows and rows and rows of empty seats. So I did put the armrest up in economy, but in premium economy, you can't, you can't do that. Hold on one sec. They said that you, they weren't giving out, uh, special meals either they weren't giving out pillows blankets alcohol so i had a real fit where it was like why am i paying all this money or why have i paid this that i'm not getting any of the extras aside from the the seat itself but not even mm. the socially thing but the airline didn't respond and online many people were complaining about those things and yeah to the listeners it sounds like i'm being kind of bougie being like wow i flew premium but when you're paying a price for something you expect to be given a particular service so well, yeah, the jump from economy to premium economy is pretty big. That's I, right. I thought you were going to say, like, I'm sounding bougie, but that's just who I am. No. They <laughs> me on Twitter. But we don't have Twitter so, ah. You are pretty bougie, though. But, but do I got to rec- say, though, I, I got to say with, with traveling, though, two things. The, the, the food, uh, the COVID food is way better in economy than it normally is. Like, it's like these pre-made lunch bags with like a nice sandwich cookies cheese nice snacks like before it'd be like mr noodles and a tiny crappy sandwich like it sucked so tracy and i both agreed traveling this summer during covid if you subtract the risk of getting infected with a pandemic virus just remove that for a second yeah remove that It was a great experience. Like, no line. I disagree 100%. Yeah, but we've just established, I can't get my own row in premium economy. Like, (laughs) I've been practicing that for a while. But, but, um, hey, Anthony, you know what was crazy? When I came back, uh, I had to connect uh, through Vancouver. To upgrade to premium economy cost more then upgrade to business class. How crazy is that? They do that all the time. Oh, I've never seen that before in my life. Like it was cheaper to upgrade to business than to upgrade. No, because what Anthony was saying, like it's not worth it, even when it's like the cheapest you've ever seen it. Because in economy, you have your own section to yourself. They're not serving alcohol up in business anyway. They're not serving fancy meals. Like there's the only thing you're paying for for an upgrade is a lie down seat, but I have my own section in the back. Like there's like you said, eighty people on the flight, Anthony. I figure we had like yeah. thirty coming back to Hong Kong. Yeah. Like there's no tourists traveling traveling right now. It's only people that like live in Hong Kong. So I, the the the, but, the premium was was not worth it. Like that was a waste of money. So I thought I try to since it's just me and like okay it's an excuse to justify spending that money. Yeah. But like having flown that that all the time by myself like and I just 
I'm very uncomfortable. I do pay for that seat often. This time, it wasn't worth it. It okay. was worth it only because there were less people around me, which made me feel better, just just in general. Oh, for, for the but listeners, as far too, as, if I could as, just add, Anthony has an exact seat that he buys every time he flies. <laughs> he knows the seat number. Anthony, what is it? One A. What is it? <laughs> just say it. Doesn't matter, Neil. Yes, you say it. Doesn't matter. You have the exact seat you, number you you're, buy. You're, 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 you're well beyond that row, Neil, so it doesn't even matter, okay? Well beyond. <laughs> higher number well, you're gonna think i'm so bougie but here we go well you asked me so i had to put you in your place <laughs> this guy gets upgraded to business class or pays for business class once in his life we hear about it for two months unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable i'm so upset somebody can smell my fart right now like that is not right i i want a refund yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting on this conversation because it's disgusting. Okay, that's right. So, when, yeah. when are we going to talk about alternative names for this podcast? I'm looking for that one. You don't like the general salute? Oh, it's not a comment about general salute. Oh. I just—it just sounds so aggressive, Greg. Like so military. Um, I'm the general, you know that already. Ah. Uh, for the listeners that don't know, I guess your parents would know this. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I came up with, um, you could call the podcast Extra G. Yeah, I'm a, I am an Extra G. That's true. So, um, and, then anytime any, and then anytime anyone makes a really good point, be like, wow, that was like really Extra G. <laughs> wow. Okay. So maybe you need to hire writers. But then also, if you want to make it extra the Wonder G Bread that goes with, with Canadian right here, with Greg Lee, because obviously Lee and G rhyme, you get some like rhyming going on if you want. You're welcome for all of these, by the way. Wow. <laughs> never, never. All the comments afterwards, just like loud sighing. <laughs> I'm just never. Gonna get, I'm just never. Gonna, never get this time back in my life. But that's okay. Okay, oh, let's just. It's like in those. Uh, what are those Congress meetings? I reclaim my time. <laughs> oh yeah, I love those guys. <laughs> I reclaim my time. That's a great move. Again, that's another power play. I reclaim my time. And as you say, you fart. You're good. Yeah. So. What is your biggest superstition? What is something that you have, like it's a very superstitious thing that you do that's not normal? Yeah, Anthony, I think you, should, you can do this one. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. You Tim, have no you superstitions, Anthony. Well, he said it like as if I have a go-to one. I have no idea. Oh, I'm asking you to think about it. Well, Neil, what is it you think I'm going to say? Maybe you're right. Oh, no, I, I just, I kind of, in my mind, lumped this in with, like, um, like talking to a psychic. But obviously, oh. obviously, no. Oh, no. I don't, that's something completely different. You, you I don't think I really have, I don't. Hold on, hold on. Definitely. Where, who, you have a psychic? Like, you have a person, a go-to person? Yes. Uh, I've been seeing this, I've been seeing, seeing the same person for, uh. 12 years psychic not psychiatry that's a, no psychic <laughs> okay i just want to make sure so you see it as nova scotia psychic yes but now she's she's world renowned but yes she's based in nova scotia world renowned 
Christ. What has she predicted yes. for you that has come true before? Yeah, talk to me. Talk to us. Many. I could take many, this question a lot. Or maybe even one that you, maybe even something you were kind of like, no, and then it did happen. Like you predicted you moving uh, back to Canada? She predicted me, me working in Asia before I started working in Asia. She did a printout and drew where I'd be working before I even intended to work there. Um, she's told me about people that are going to be ill in my family, things that would happen with friends of mine and how that would Im impact me, our relationship, what I could do for these people. Um, she's told me about finances, like money that was coming my way, whether it would be through work, through bonuses or other means that, and you know, if I've had a falling out with people, she, one time she told me that this person I hadn't spoken to in, I would say almost a year would contact me at a certain day. And then that day, like months later, from when I had seen her or spoken with her at 1201 that day on WhatsApp, this individual had messaged me. Like there are so many things. She warned me about my mom being sick. Um, so I had been proactive with harassing my mom to go to the doctor as a result of, of that, but not you know, indicating to my mom why I was so, so forceful. And uh, some of the symptoms that you know my psychic had told me about were indicative of you know the cancer that my mom does have. So there, there have been many, 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 many things, and uh, I've referred many people to her. Um, some recently that have contacted me after been like blown away. So it, uh, that's like I could go on a whole podcast about why I think it's important to have some kind of outlet like that and the so positive. What does she use? Like stars or like ghosts or like cards? What, what is she using to predict this? Stuff? So those are so for her, she she can use tarot cards, but she's a psychic astrologer, so it's based on uh, your astrological sign, things like that, but. She can be very specific where it could be something like, I don't know, if it was, you know, there's someone in your life, um, I'll make up a name, you know, Johnny, John, John. Yeah, you call him John, J-O-N. Um, tell me about him. And then like, oh, I don't know, he's my friend, whatever. You know, John needs to go get his liver checked. I'm like, why? John doesn't realize he's having these symptoms. And then she would say the symptoms and she needs to go as a result of whatever. Like that's happened many times in my life where I, I know somebody very well that has gone to see her or she's told me and I've told them. And that person has uncovered, a, you know, an issue. But there are good and bad things as well. So you have to determine whether or not you want that. But once you establish the rapport, then you then she would know, you know, the extent of what she would tell you or how she's going to tell you. So with 12 years, seeing her for 12 years, she knows me very, very well. And there are things I don't even need to say. She just like knows it, it which is really impressive. So, really, really impressive. Uh, one question. What, what, is the, what is the cost for a psychic? I, I don't, I, so that depends. That, that depends on what they're, you know, how big they are. And it also depends oh, on- good, A good one, the, a good one. Let's say a good one. The, the method. So, I'd say the average average for a really good one for an in-depth reading where you're like, yes, I'm walking away being like, damn, that was a very good experience. Even if there was bad news that came with it would be maybe 120, 150. For an hour or so? Mm, hour and a half. Wow. Would, okay, would they ever I've call had bad, you I've had bad and, and they, would they ever call you? Be like, Anthony, I got to tell you this. No, that wouldn't be appropriate. Okay. That wouldn't be appropriate. Has anybody else done a psychic before? Nope. Um, 
You I did one to... like just for like entertainment purposes. Yes. I was at a restaurant, uh, and they had one in the restaurant. It was it was kind of fun, but it was more for entertainment purposes. Wait. So, eh, eh, what? Did did tell you anything that was profound? I I don't remember, but uh, it was interesting when Anthony was saying that his psychic was based on like astrology, in that. Um, my, my dad has four sisters and all four of them are very into astrology and, and what, you know, your birth date and the stars, uh, and like, you know, Venus is doing this and then Mars is over here and like how that affects you as a person and what that means for you. Mm -hmm. And so whenever, you know, my, my aunts will meet like, you know, Tracy or any of my friends, they always, one of the things they'll always ask in a conversation very early on is when's your birthday? When were you born? And then they're like, oh, I get it. I see why Neil hangs out with you. And because they know Neil mm -hmm. was born in the summer and you're, you know, a water sign and this is that and whatever. And, and they or actually form a community service. They're trying to give back. Hmm. Or, and that comes after, oh, your English is so good. <laughs> um, listen i will say one, i will say one thing about that is that if you're going to go to a good one they would they would be encouraging you to record it okay right so it's not a matter of like they have something to hide for me personally i've been to a palm reader or a psychic whatever once when i was going out with uh an ex-girlfriend she was of light complexion, Caucasian, but she was Portuguese. And like, I knew it was fucking baloney right from the beginning because the first thing he said to me, oh, like, I can see that you have, you know, conflict within your family, you know, with your relationship. I was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, she's an ex-girlfriend, right? So he was clearly right. <laughs> yeah, of course, right? But it was just like, whatever. But that being said, though, uh, we, not me, Flores paid a lot of money to get my son's Chinese name. Like, that's the thing. Like, they have to pay us, uh, like, China, uh, Hong Kong is very big on that shit. Like, it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that Tracy's family as well, actually. Yeah. And so we paid, or Flores paid a lot of money to, to get his name, to, be, to make it right or whatever. Tim, like did to, you do it's that? really important to choose a name, right? Like you have to choose the right name. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Yeah, it matches yeah. him based on his date he was born and all that other stuff. Yeah, they, they it's they're, they're Chinese people are very big on dates. Like, yeah, for example, but is there someone? Too. Is there someone that you would go to that 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 you're like this person is better at that than somebody else? So the first round we paid somebody to do it, and Flora didn't like any of the names, so then we paid another person and they picked out another set of names. So. There you go. I don't know. Also, my my group, my mother-in-law is very into this, and so when we moved into this house we are in, she goes, "Are we the day that we plan to move everything in?" She said, "No, that's not a good day. You can't move on that day. It's a very bad day to move in." So Flora and I had to um, come in and live in our apartment the day before all our stuff came in. Uh -huh. hmm because she believed in that. And so that we had to do that. And we weren't allowed to put the mattress on the bed and all that kind of stuff until we are officially moved in and stuff. Crazy, ah, huh? Interesting. 
Jack Actually, Bruce. that that just reminded me. Uh, one of a, a really good friend of mine in uh, Toronto. When his brother bought a new place down in Toronto, we went and saw it. But the very first thing that they did was their dad. Um, he just walked around the empty house, uh, strumming a banjo, like playing his banjo in every room of the house. And that was the very first thing that he does. And so he has three brothers and they've all bought houses and he's done that in every house, like just to like create vibes in the house. Right. And I thought that was just such a kind of a cool, interesting thing that, that they do as a family is that the dad goes and plays his banjo and just very quietly by himself alone plays in every room before they move in. I don't get it, but I like the commitment to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Also, that being said, my grandfather had a gift, I guess you want to call it. He had the sixth sense where he could, he saw, he saw and talked to dead people. Like he wouldn't go to hospital. Mm. He was, he didn't want to do it. He was, just, he was every time I go to hospital, they're like asking me to do stuff like spirits and shit like that. And he's so well known in his community that people would go to him and ask him to in China, like in Chinese thing, write letters to these people to like leave them alone, like to leave spirits to leave them alone and stuff like that. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we've all seen the Sixth Sense. Right, <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> but no, I mean, was he, he was he was in this he was known in the community for a person that would talk to spirits and like be able to communicate with them. So I don't believe it, but this is like something that's my, my mom and my uh, uncles and aunts and stuff like that. Like they really truly believe he had that power and they seen it kind of idea. <clears throat> well, is it fair to say like perception is reality? Like 100%. Dr. Wu, what's your thought on that, on that sentence? Well, I mean, I guess my thoughts on that is that I think that when people tell you something, don't you actively look for it to like, 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 I mean, like, so like, I'm so sorry, I'm stuck on the whole psychic thing. Um, you know, someone predicts something about your future, don't you actively look for it? No. Well, Anthony, you're moving to you're, but, you're moving to China. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna look at any Chinese, you know, jobs. But I didn't, I didn't, the job that I ended up getting, I did not apply for. That's the crazy part about it. I literally will never forget the day I came home from hanging with my friends and I had an email from my head of school from China. And I have no idea, I, to this day, I have no idea how we got my information. And the next day I had an interview and four hours later I was hired and seven to 10 days later, something like that, school had already started. I was on a plane. It was, I was anti going to China. In my education program, everyone was getting jobs going to China way back in January with grad not being until May. And I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going there. And if that was based on ignorance, right? Only what I had seen in the media, you know, like many people and my expectations. So, you know, like she was right. And there are other recordings, but like, do I leave and listen to recordings all the time? No, but it's interesting when you have a moment, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that, that, ha that happened. Um, and it's interesting when someone's telling you about something and it's based on things that happened in your past that no one else knows, or it's an internal thought that no one else that you've never shared with them. And, and, and them to tell you about that and how that's going to impact something else that's going to happen 
which you can't control, it ends up happening. So, but that takes someone that, that is good at it. Now, yeah, you could, you could become obsessive and think about it all the time. Yeah, you could, but that's not, you know, the way to, to do it. You got to take the advice. So, 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 so Anthony, if, if you very clearly, I, I've heard you talk about your psychic before and, and very positively, how do you like begin seeing a psychic? Like what's the first step 12 years ago to, to seeing a psychic? Uh, oh, well, I think you shouldn't just choose one by random. I mean, you can. And yeah, there have been times where I've gone to other people just for like shits and giggles, kind of like when you said you went, Neil, yeah. to a restaurant or something. But if you well, really I, I didn't know the psychic it, was going to be there, but, but oh, maybe okay. the well, psychic go, right? was going to be there. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this guy that he's up with his jokes. I better go to this restaurant. Um, so basically, mine, it was because because uh, I wasn't really into it. I was working at a government office for a summer job, and people were talking about finally getting into this particular psychic. And they had been waiting for over a year because the wait list is so long. Now, once you're on the list, it's easier to get to see her, but it still takes a long time. And then I would hear about these things that would happen to people or they come back to work and talk about it, about the reading. And then between that summer and then the, the, the following summer, with working with those same people again, the things that had happened that I clearly remembered had been um, you know, mentioned. For example, um, a woman had lost her husband and was very, very upset. This is why I was working there. And she was quite young, like mid-30s, I'd say. And we had gone to the psychic and whatever. And the psychic was like, you know, you're going to date this many people, but eventually you're going to meet this guy. And he's going to be a Leo, like the astrological sign. And she was like, I don't know what that means. Like, I'm not going to go say to somebody like, hey, what do you do? What's your astrological sign kind of deal? Anyway, fast forward, she goes to this party. She meets this guy, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're getting hot and heavy. He takes her, she takes his shirt off and it's the astrological sign of Leo all the way down his body. That's the person that she's with today. Or she couldn't sell the home that her and her husband had, the same woman, and was stressed about it. it. was like, I need to get rid of this home. It's not good for me. And the psychic was like, listen, there's a gnome in your backyard, this garden gnome. You need to take it, dig up a hole in your front yard, bury it. Someone with connections through Toronto. Listen, someone with connections through Toronto is going to buy, buy your home. And I think it was in a week, maybe two, I forget the exact amount of time, a girl who had just finished her PhD from, from, Mon from Toronto and Ontario had uh, wanted – Deborah's home. But there were so many things about people's health, their kids' health, their kids' wellness. You know, and I, that's how I got in because of word of mouth. And then when I went in to see her, I sat down. All I gave her was my my day of birth and my time of birth and my first name. That's it. And then we began, we began there. And I used to get so much anxiety um, where like I'd be sitting on the couch and I would feel nauseous. And I would leave there and be stunned by the things that she had said that had happened to me in my life that were happening at the time and that, you know, she said would happen. And each time I would go back, some of those things had happened or there'd been a development in some way. Hold and on. then I'd refer to other people. So that's how it happens. Was this before LinkedIn? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> fool. Is it a conversation or is it one-sided discussion? With the psychic? Yeah. 
That depends. There are some that I've been to that are so don't speak at all. Don't speak until the, at the very end and you can ask questions. Don't ruin my, my flow. What I've got to say, I've got to say, or some that are like, you can stop me and ask questions. Well, hold on. Well, you've been you know. more than one. Yeah. Like you're, you're a, like a psychic critic now. Like you can, you can run a. Uh, no, oh, no, I wouldn't, for I, 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 I wouldn't say that. But the one, the one that I see now that I've been committed to for 12 years, I can, I have handfuls of people that I have, that I have referred to. Um, and some, you know, that now are addicted to going as well. Okay. In fact, about a few months ago, someone called me and they had seen a reading and they were so, sh you know, shaken by the reading and how accurate it was and was grateful that I had referred them to, to her. So, and so you'll go to this person because like the rest of your life. Uh, mm, hard to say because it depends on why you're going to see somebody. So at that point, my, when I first started going, it was out of curiosity, really more than anything and just being miffed by Wait, what are you telling me? Like, this is this woman told you these things, um, and then I'm watching it happen, and then watching the reactions. But then I got into it, and it's like, okay, well, some people go see therapists, which I think that's great as well, or you go see your doctor and you talk things through. Once you develop rapport with somebody, and um, that that kind of lends itself to helping you to grow. I know it sounds hokey, I get it, but it becomes more of a conversation. But I also like the bluntness too. So it could be that she says, you know, Anthony, you know how you do X, Y, and Z. And it could be something very critical of me, right? Which we is true. We don't but get having that kind of appreciation else... from you. <laughs> Hush. Uh, but it's just different. So now I go to see her like, it's like therapy in a way, but I also find it interesting. And I just really like dig her vibe too. I, I can't explain it really. Okay. Uh, it's it's a special experience. How many how many times a year at? Come on, tell me. That you see her. I would well now that I'm on the list, I've been seeing her for years, it's easier to get in. So it might it maximum it's twice. Maximum. Oh twice I, I was thinking more than that. I was thinking like twelve times no, a year. Or something. Okay. No, 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 no. My second comment, and I'm this is not a jewel. I think this could be a series in your your podcast series. I think you could really get into this and like, you know, go and talk about this whole thing and, and, and talk to different psychics and like, sort of like try to get people to understand this. Like I, I cause I'm totally fascinated. I don't believe in any of the shit absolutely at all, but you know, I'm interested in how you it's affected your life. I think it's pretty cool. Well, at some point my goal, like once I can like, process everything would be to like actually share with people um some of the recordings from the very beginning because i have most of them yeah to mm. oh that'd be interesting uh, and people that know me would be like and you would hear my response to something that, that she says is going to happen and then my response when i go back and it has happened and like the little things where it's like you're gonna fall down the stairs you need to start doing this and then like you know little things like that or you're gonna lose these valuables and then I lose these valuables. Okay, those are small things that are funny, but then when it's like, oh my gosh, that was a significant moment, you know, in in my life that someone has been able to to tell me is going to happen. And then for people to hear that and then that know me well, I'm like, oh my gosh, that has happened to him. And there's no way that that event I could have made happen. Because I would never want that to happen to, to me or anybody else for that matter. But I'm working on that. That's a goal someday. 
Does Does anyone know if there's a podcast series on this shit? No. Nope. Well, it depends. Not yet. About it, I've never heard about it. Like, the, I'm sure there's like there's psychic hotlines and stuff like that. So I'm sure there's psychic stuff out there. But I think you have could a good perspective. I think you could do something. Yeah, like you could like talk about the whole thing, interview psychics, interview people who been with that psychic and what they believe in and all that kind of stuff. I think it's quite interesting uh, material. You can also like do a rating, how, you know, 95% accurate, 80% <laughs> accurate, like, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> you can give them accuracy Maybe. <laughs> I'm on the IMBD. I don't find it to be interesting. I don't. I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I'm not joking, really. I think this is some, I, I'm not saying this is your only podcast. Like, I, it's something you talk about. For example, we were talking about Joe Rogan earlier. He does MMA. He always goes back to that. Like, he's fighting stuff. Like, he has a segment on that. You know what I mean? That you could do a cycle. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think, I think it'd be really interesting. I know it's an aside. Oh, I mean, yeah. Anthony, as, uh, as an, another aside, I, I thought of you this summer. Um, I, I have a joke for you. <laughs> um, it's, this podcast out of it's a two hour mark. It's actually it's a joke. Uh, it's a joke about the future. Um, you you didn't like it. Neil's <laughs> 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 the worst joker ever. Like only You're Tracy, never getting... Tracy and Anthony are the only one that laughs at his fucking jokes. <laughs> it's because I've known Neil. For now, still like, it still like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what's going on. No, but this is the, this is the thing because I used to never get Neil's jokes, and I'm like, Neil, what's the punch? And then he'd say it, and I'm like, that's so lame. But now, because I'm used to the way his brain works, now I get them, and I laugh because okay, they're dry old man humor. But then I'm like, the general Dad, population that don't know Neil be like, who is this guy? The the best is when I tell yeah. these like bad jokes and Anthony's trying to mock me with a fake laugh yeah. and he's trying to hold back his real one like he can't hold back his real laugh like that's the best he's trying to mock me with a shitty laugh but it just turns into a real one <laughs> like that that's that's the best moments where he's trying to be a dick about it and he just can't not laugh <laughs> I am never a dick I am always a respectful <laughs> empathetic you know emotionally you know well-equipped individual how dare you? Well equipped. Why do you have to put that in there? So, who do you think uh, we should bring on next? Just, uh, what if it's like? What if it's like finding someone in a certain occupation or in a certain kind of interest group that we would be able to just seek out on our own, right? Are there certain types of or kinds of people that you would want to interview or have? Like, even if, as an example, you would want to invite a psychic onto the show and see right. if they would have predicted that we were going to ask them to come. <laughs> it'd be really funny if that was it. would be really funny if that was interesting. Like I had no idea you guys were gonna ask me that. I'm like, okay, well you're out. Or they they'd have to do a lightning round where they have to give each one of us like a real like a five minute kind of reading, like all Ooh, five like of us. I like that episode. Or, and then we could have a follow up episode like a month later. They organize it. We'll all contribute to that episode. I'll pay fifty bucks Canadian. Like everyone give her We'll interview three psychics at the same time, and then we'll tell them to say the same thing on the count of three and see if it happens. <laughs> okay, well, I'm no psychic, but I can tell you what, what I'm going to tell you is going to happen. I'm going to have up now. So I'm no, but or we could Tim. just get listener suggestions, Tim. 
Or sorry, yeah, I, I like that idea, but I think we need to practice first. We got to practice on our, the people that we know, and then we'll get better at this. Cool. I think we should practice with each other for more time. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Greg, do you, you have a I love you, Anthony. I really miss talking to you. This was funny as shit. I thought it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Time, yeah. guys, honestly. All right. Yeah, yeah, me too. yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. You guys take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. 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 Bye. Bye, guys. All right. See ya. So that wraps up our first episode of the General Salute. Um, we, uh, for our first episode, I think we did rather well. Um, went on quite long for two hours, which is always a positive thing. I think we had good stuff. Still have to work on my editing and sort of deciding what to keep and what not to keep. But being our first episode, I just wanted to make sure that we uh, sort of kept it all together. I hope uh, you will stay with tuned to our next episode. Uh, next episode, I will be bringing on four other friends, or three other friends, and these are my motorcycle friends where we take trips around the world. Hopefully you'll find that one interesting. Have a good night.